0: On today's episode of the Marketing Expedition podcast, I get to speak with Nick Aldinger, and he is the CEO of IBL Events, one of Idaho's largest producers of trade shows, conferences, and now virtual events. Nick's passion for helping individuals and companies grow is what fuels his passion. Over the last 20 years, Nick has had the privilege of being involved in multiple startups, working for the government being an adjunct professor for Boise State University, go Broncos, and working for a Fortune 500 company, Micron Technology. Nick is a results-oriented, decisive leader with proven success in new marketing identification and tactics and strategic planning and leading diverse cross-functional teams. Nick was born and raised in Idaho and considers Idaho one of the greatest places to live. He is even convinced his wife, who is from Alabama, (laughs) that the Northwest was always home. Nick received his undergraduate degree in business information systems from the University of Montana and his master's degree in business administration from Northwest Nazarene University. And in his spare time, Nick enjoys spending his time with his wife and two sons while occasionally getting in a round of golf. But before we get to Nick's interview, I need to tell you all about Ibotta, cash back on groceries, online purchases, and more. And if you'd like to try Ibotta with this cash back rewards app that I use to make real money every time I shop for groceries and online purchases and more, you can use my referral code, go to peppershock.com offers and select the Ibotta app and then you get a special gift by doing that as well as I do too, which is great. And I have, I gotta tell you, I have actually made some pretty good money over the years using this Ibotta app. And all you do is just put your groceries in the cart, get your receipt, and then accept the offers that are matching to what you have, load up your receipt and that's it. And then you get money back. And then they, once it gets to $20, they can put money in your PayPal account, and I have actually gotten a several hundred dollars by doing this, so I want to share this app with you because I think it is going to be something you're gonna enjoy while getting money back when you shop for the things that you would normally buy anyway, right? Go to peppershock.com offers and select the Ibotta app, and you get a special gift from me by doing that with the link that's there. Okay, now it's time for the marketing essentials moment the basics, the essentials that you need to help you build your brand and your bottom line. And today, I want to talk about why do you need a graphic designer? You can use all these apps and do these things yourself, but why is it important to have somebody that is a graphic designer help you in building your brand and your bottom line? And, and why is graphic design so important? So what is, let's first off start off, what does a graphic designer do And why does your company or organization need one? If you've got promotional flyers, mailers, posters, signs, banners, logos, websites, social media posts, menus, packaging brochures, folders, doors, hangers, door hangers, I should say, postcards, video graphics, books, window clings, vehicle wrap, business cards, billboards, photos that need edited, right? We wanna use photos and faces. So all of those things is what a graphic designer can do. And what else could you add to this list that maybe you're not so great at, or maybe you just don't have time to do it, right? So graphic designers will take their talent and all of their years of schooling, their expertise, their experiences, and make something great. They're creative, they're passionate about what they're doing, all their skills and experience becomes a visual storyteller for your brand. And you want to get it right. You want to make sure that what you're putting out there in the world is going to help you in your brand, right? The brilliance behind being able to create the brand strategy behind what your look and feel is going to be, the color schemes that they use, all of the things. Even if you, you know, want to have a graphic designer create a template that you could update in Canva or Spark or any of these things, it's really important to have the ability to utilize the skill set of a designer. Now, we also have our designers doing things for us, and we have others that help us, too. And if we can have a template for them to follow, then it makes it all the better. So it's consistent, and the branding is what you want it to be. The the fonts that you use, the brand standards, the brand guideline that you have, all of those things can be done by a graphic designer who's educated in the industry. And you want to make sure that they're experienced. And so, how do you know what kind of graphic designer you need and what is going to be a good fit? Are they willing to listen to what your ideas are? Are they able to pull out of your brain what it is that you have envisioned? And is it going to hit the target audience, right? And sometimes we're not our own target audience, right? So, if you think about it, graphic designers have experience in lots of different target audiences that they can work with, especially if it's at an agency and they have different clients that they work with. They can draw on all of that experience and tell you what not to do or what to do or give you suggestions and ideas and show you what could be really effective in the results that you're looking. Sometimes if you try to do something on your own and there's nothing wrong about DIYing it if you have to, but when you're ready to level up and have somebody do what needs to get done to help you tell your brand story to the world using design, it's really important. Because designers use their skills and all the education that they paid to go to school for, right? They have the ability to make special designs and create them out digitally and they can give you options, they can print it for the world to see and then you can use that to your advantage and then use it across all of the different platforms that you're using, create the different sizes and all of the things that you need to know before you go to print, what is the high quality version, what kind of colors are you gonna call out, what kind of, you know, to keep it consistent, right? They're gonna be able to tell you and do all of those things that's gonna help with your 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 special treatment, that's going to happen when you use the right graphic designer. So, questions you can ask, right? What kind of experience do you have? What What's your portfolio? What are some things that you've done before for others? What kinds of success have you had by doing these designs for others? What kind of engagement? What kind of results did you get from the work that you've done? And what was it all about? What was the process like? Did they create that process uh, in a a manner that's going to be feasible for what you want in your process? And when we facilitate the creative process, how does that go and flow? What are some expectations? How many revisions can you get before you're going to need to invest more time and energy and and money? What is it that you're going to do to be able to give them what you need to get designed, right? And can they ask those questions that can help guide and mold and grow the vision that you may have for what it is that you need designed? So those are some things to consider when thinking about hiring a graphic designer and why you need a designer. So, If you've got questions about graphic design or logos, or maybe it's time for a brand refresh. Maybe, you know, it's been 10 years and it's time to refresh that brand. Maybe that font that you've used is outdated, or maybe it's time to to really just completely redesign your logo and brand. And maybe you need to get it to where it can be better displayed in embroidery or digital formats, right? What is it that you need and how can we help you Think about the things that designers think about that you may not necessarily know all about, right? The universal principles of design can apply to all the different mediums and they've really Had all of this education and skill set doing these things. They're thinking about emphasis and dominance and placement and the balance and, of course, unity or harmony and alignment with what's going on. And they know what's going to work and what doesn't work. And maybe they're going to use contrast or white space or, you know, no space, right? They're going to maybe use some similarity or repetition in the design, or they're going to think about the proportions of what's going to happen and what's going to be legible and what kind of fonts to use that are going to be legible in different aspects, whether it's a website or if it's on a logo or if it's on a on a shirt like we were talking about embroidery they're going to think about the movement of what it is to use the different types of design techniques to make movement appear right so think about all the things that a designer would go through in order to make your design the way it needs to be things to consider Go to Peppershock.com, check out our portfolio. That's something that you can do to see what other people have done and how we have been able to design things for our clients just as much as we could for you. All right, now it is time to speak with Nick.
1: Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast, an auditory journey through the latest in marketing, branding and advertising. Now, here's your Marketing Expedition Guide, Ray Allen.
0: Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Allen. I'm the President and CEO of PepperShop Media and the founder of the Marketing Expedition Community. And today's guest, we have Nick Aldinger. Welcome to the show, Nick. Hey, Ray. How are you today?
2: (laughs) Uh, I'm doing well and glad to be here. So thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. So, why don't we tell the audience a little bit more about what you do and just the background of uh, the history? Because I know you're a husband and wife team, and I also happen to know your father in law when he originally owned it. So, let's just tell the story. What happened? How did you get to where you are now, Nick?
2: Yeah. Well, uh, I am Nick Aldinger, uh, CEO of IBL Events. Uh, We are an events company, so, we produce uh, everything from trade shows, conferences, to virtual events. Uh, We've been around uh, since 1990, uh, and again, the company had about six trade shows back then, and uh, we purchased the company in 2013, and we now have over 21 trade shows in a given year, and we support uh, multiple conferences. Uh, Now, the conferences we support are not only here in the Valley, but all over the U.S., And then uh, virtual events, thanks to COVID, we got into a lot of virtual event support uh, in 2020 and are still doing a lot of virtual events uh, for primarily here in the the Treasure Valley.
0: Right, because you usually would have lots of people come and show up and then COVID kind of kicked you out and said, nope, you can't do it. So what was the first event that you took virtual?
2: Yeah. So, you know, in the trade show space, we actually did not take anything uh, virtual in the trade show space. So uh, as you can imagine, taking uh, a trade show in a virtual space, the technology just still is not quite there yet. There are some software programs out there but it just does not work having that tangible feeling that product or hearing that service. You just can't replicate that in a virtual environment. Right. So where we actually did a lot of the virtual events is uh, we, we, we got companies calling us and saying, Hey, <laughs> we want to okay. do a, our, our conference, but we don't know how, uh, is this something you could help out with? And so we quickly uh, you know, the word everyone uses, but pivoted. Yep, yep. Um, and at first we said no, because we thought COVID was only going to last a couple months. <laughs> yeah. And and <laughs> we missed the boat on that predi- prediction. Um, but um, by the summer of 2020, we were taking on uh, contracts and uh, helping people with their, whether it was their conference, their meetings. Uh, and people just didn't feel comfortable with the, the technology and they wanted it just to work while they would uh, give out the, that information again, whether it was educational or as meetings. And um, that's how it kind of started, and, and we just started doing a lot of those virtual events uh, while our trade show side was down. And our trade show side was down for about fourteen months. We didn't do a large scale trade show.
0: Right, and that's that was your bread and butter. So it's good that you found a way to make that income. I remember too, we we took on some virtual events. And it's not our it's not our everyday. We don't always do events, but it's like, you know, somebody wanted to have a high school graduation, and of course we have gear, but it was like. Well, let's just see what we can do. And the weirdest thing that we did was a graveside funeral. Did you know uh, that?
2: I no, know. I didn't know that, that one. Was... I know you did a lot in the graduation <laughs> I stage. Did. How, how I did, did that go?
0: Oh my gosh. Well, it was a, for a very prominent, you know, former senator. And so he had probably, I don't know, several hundred people show up. And the the good thing is, is all the gravestones are six feet apart. And so when people were there, they were all, you know, kind of leaning up against, it, it was, it was awkward. But then we had Zoom and we had to, because out on, uh, in, in a cemetery, there's no place to plug in. So we had to have the generator and the van and, and then we had cradle point so that we had internet connectivity and we had probably 600 people on Zoom. Now, this is kind of early on in the stage. And so I will tell you um, that, you know, when, when they're a little bit mature audience, they don't always realize that the camera is on. And so we were going through the scroll and oh my gosh, there's several kind of, you know, older gentlemen without their shirts on. And I was like, oh dear Lord. (laughs) And like, they were holding the phone like up their nose. And I'm like, this is, this is, I can't even, I mean, it was so great that they wanted to participate, but they couldn't be there in person. So, you know, we, we gave an experience that I don't think, uh, is something that you normally would have. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. But, uh, it was a wonderful tribute to honor, you know, the person that we, we did this for. And, you know, his daughter was very grateful and it was, you know, it was good. We were watching through the film later and she just started laughing. And it made me feel good that she could, you know, have a a moment to, to feel good and, and laugh. So uh, that happened. But yeah, I mean, there, there was a lot of different things that we did during the pandemic that we normally never would have considered. And I know you, you took on a lot of different events and did different things for people and still made those experiences happen for people. Right.
2: Well, yeah. And, and you hit on it. I mean, even, uh, you know, weird circumstance like taking, um, and most people wouldn't think of it as, you know, the, the funeral yeah. and taking that in a, almost a hybrid where people were still there, but you were able to also, uh, probably stream it and and do some of those things. What's weird about all this is that now we're looking at other opportunities where people are saying it's not weird now to have a live streaming portion of like a wedding or uh, another event that we normally wouldn't have like live streaming. But now in this day and age that there might not be the opportunity to, to travel to get here, you know, for a lot of different reasons. Uh, So out of that now has come more opportunities for thinking of how do we do these hybrid or these other events in this virtual space. So um, really interesting to see some of those things come about.
0: Yeah, I think it's here to stay. I think people, regardless of COVID goes away or not, I think people are just gonna come to expect it that they want to see a live streaming if they can't make it for whatever reason. It doesn't necessarily matter if they're quarantining or or you know afraid to come or whatever, right? I think. Do you feel like this is gonna be this way in perpetuity?
2: I do. I I, I think we're gonna see some ebbs and flows. I think you know uh, you know we've been talking now Zoom fatigue now for over a year. <laughs> yes. Um, and, and it's with all platforms, not just Zoom, but uh, you know, there's there's some of our, our lives that we're seeing a cr- craving uh, where people wanna get back to in-person, right? Uh, and that's whether it's concerts, you know, these these traditional things that we're always used to accustomed to, and then even just like the family events, right? People want to have those, uh, be part of those uh, in-person events. And, and you hit on a word that's really important in that space and that's the experience, right? Um, we can't have an experience in a in a in a virtual environment like we do in an in person environment because of that emotional connection, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes um, it took this COVID to really know that that's what we're sometimes lacking in these virtual and and even in a virtual space, we're always one on one. Even when we have boxes and everyone's around, it's still one on one. It's it's really hard to have these group connections, and uh, and that just can't be replaced in, in person. So I do think it's going to be around, and I think it's going to be in that hybrid that we're talking about, mm-hmm. uh, but I do see in-person uh, really uh, coming uh, back and uh, going to be a big part here in the future.
0: So are you doing trade shows now in person?
2: We are, and matter of fact, we started last summer. We started back up uh with trade shows. There was a ton of more restrictions in place last yeah. summer. Yeah. Um there are still uh going into the fall, we still had restrictions, uh certain restrictions. Um, you know, uh, you know, we've we follow if if a certain facility had certain um restrictions, obviously we'd follow. Uh, Those, Um, but we're also pro business, and 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 we want to do things in a healthy and safe, uh, and do events safely. But um, we also know that we service a huge uh, part of the small, medium-sized business community, and um, we were very strong. We actually hit record numbers uh, last fall in in that space. And um, so far, 2022 is uh, looking to be another strong year uh, in in in-person events, specifically in the trade show space.
0: Right. And people just are eager to get out and network and be around other people. And, you know, I I imagine that you've invested stock in hand sanitizer and masks and, you know, all the things, right? Right
2: yeah those uh yeah that's uh yeah we we definitely have become very familiar with a lot of those products so
0: yeah (laughs) well let's hope we don't run out of toilet paper like we did in 2020
2: (laughs) yeah no kidding unfortunately i uh i have my fair share of toilet paper too so
0: (laughs) yeah yeah stock up Okay, so let's uh, let's talk about some of the things since we are going on a marketing journey. What are some trends and things that you're you're seeing that are happening to help get people there? Right, we always talk about butts and seats. We need you know heads there, right? What what's going on? How are you getting people there? How are you having these record breaking attendance? What's what what is your strategy behind getting people to these events, Nick?
2: Well, well, part of it was a, a little bit of luck just because of the uh, pent-up demand, right? I mean, it really was. I mean, people really wanted to get back out and do things. Yeah. Um, but, you know, even before COVID, one thing that we really started focusing on, and it's an impar- important part of the market uh, marketing aspect as we move forward, and again, I'm when to hit that word again, is it's experience. We have to change the way we're providing, whether it's a trade show, whether it's a conference, whether it's uh, an educational seminar, is we have to start conveying to our audience what that experience is gonna be like, right? It's more than just uh, brand um, and the service that you're gonna be providing, it's the experience. And we really started focusing on making sure our marketing was reflecting that uh, experience. Uh, people just don't wanna go to a trade show anymore. That doesn't sound fun. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean and, and, and we get it, right? It's, it, it, we, we know that's that's not what it's about, but it's about going there and, and having that experience. And that might be a band, that might be a beer garden, that might be um, activities for the kids. Uh, and, and that's what they wanna know. What are they gonna get? And the, the benefits of a trade show with there's a lot of is you know, the, seeing the products and services that is specific to them. Um, then that becomes, it's really secondary, but they get that once they're there uh, for the experience. So we really started focusing in on our marketing about what is that gonna feel like when you're at the event.
0: Right, now let's uh, share with the audience some of the types of events that you are putting on now.
2: Yeah, so uh, like one uh, we have coming up at the end of January is the Idaho Home and Remodeling Show. Uh, so, this is a big one for people that are doing uh, remodel projects. Right. And we all know that- the The prices went through the roof, and so uh, buying a house might not be uh, an option, but remodeling a house is. And so, this is a very popular show. Uh, but that's an example where uh, people could come in and, and actually get those educational seminars uh, about how to do remodeling. Um, you know, all sorts of things. We do the Boise Flower and Garden Show. We do a lot of family events, uh, like uh, we do the Kids Discovery Expo. And one thing we do with that one is it's fun. Is with the Kids Discovery Expos, we wanted to make sure every vendor has a hands-on activity for uh, the kids as they go through the show floor that they could actually interact instead of just hear or see. The, the kids could participate, and that's a, that's a big one. And going back on the experience, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that gets parents excited that their children could actually interact. With the with the the booths as they're going through um, understanding what products are available to their families. So, we, we yeah we do a lot of events uh, that ranges everything from uh, you know home and remodeling to uh, the kids. So,
0: when it brings back a memory. We used to have a client a handyman connection and uh, before she sold it to to new people, but we did a co-op uh, activity where it was uh, a handyman. For a day and spa package giveaway, and so the spa company and handyman joined their pool of money together, and they went in together, and of course, just you know, amplified how much radio and all the advertising that we could do because now it's basically double the budget because they're you know coming together, and um, it was a, it was a really cool co-op to do, and they actually gave it away at the home and remodel show years ago. And it was really kind of fun to see and, you know, be excited about. And, um, you know, it was just a nice way to make the dollars stretch a little bit further for both of those companies. So there you go. For Valentine's Day, it's a handyman uh, for a day and spa package giveaway. Now, it it could be for both him and her, right? (laughs) I
2: I know my wife would, uh, that would be a perfect gift because every time I start a handyman project, it turns into two more. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, the honeydew list will get even longer, huh? <laughs> so, okay, let's talk about the 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 customer journey. Your customer journey, like, wh- who are your ideal customers, and and why? Who do you look for as an ideal vendor, or you know, a trade booth person, or sponsor? You know, what what is it that you look for?
2: You know, we're looking for uh, someone who's trying to get new leads, right? New, a new a new way of getting in front of their customer. And again, we really, our premise is really um, trying to make sure uh, people and business owners know that there is still an effective way to get in front of the customer. And that's that face-to-face marketing, right? And and by all means, and and you know this better than anybody else, you have to plan the digital space. Mm -hmm. Digital marketing is an important piece and should be a part of everyone's marketing uh, budget.
0: I agree. (laughs)
2: But taking that and looking at other means, there might be a really effective ROI for your marketing dollar, because we also know that digital marketing spend can be fairly high and expensive. Um, But just like with anything, you have to do your research. And for our shows, depending on our show, uh, we looked at those companies that would be a perfect fit that want to get in front of their customers and uh, you know, talk with them about their product and services. And what we do is kind of like your co-op uh, story earlier, uh, we, we take all the, the marketing dollars for that customer and we have radio, billboards, print, social media. We're kind of need that marketing arm to drive that foot traffic mm-hmm. to get them in front. And then hopefully if it all works, then they're getting those leads in, fr- uh, in front of them at the show. So then it could be an effective way for that marketing arm to work for them to get those new, new customers. That's, that's our goal.
0: Do you have any success stories you would care to share from some of your clients and things that they've told you that have happened because of it?
2: Yeah, I mean it, it, one of them was uh, a, a, um a gentleman uh, I won't name any names uh, just to, uh, keep him um but all he, fair. <laughs> he called and he said he was uh, struggling to generate more le- more leads because he he and I, I asked him how he was uh you know getting these these leads and he was driving around to businesses and walking in their doors and trying to set meetings. And I said, well, how many people are you going to get in, in front of on a, on a given week? And he said, well, on a good day, I could get probably four or five, you know, through four or five doors and maybe get a meeting out of out of that. And, and I was like, wow. Well, uh, I said, an effective way to use your time is maybe spend a weekend and, at one of these shows and see how many customers you could get. And he received over 40 leads uh, at one of these one-day events. And that was uh, for a few hundred dollars and was a really effective use of his time, uh, his return. And um, But one thing we did, and this is a really important um, um, part of this, is uh, it's the follow-up. Just because you got 40 leads, whether it's actually driving around and getting those or you're getting them at a trade show or you get them at a conference or you get them uh, uh, through digital marketing, if you're getting 40 leads, What do you, they're not good if you don't follow up. Wow. And we had to put a, a strategy in place. And that was something we talked about beforehand. And then afterwards, he had uh, a means to actually not only track those leads, but then go and actually follow up on those leads afterwards. Wow. And it actually turned into a really good return on their investment.
0: Oh, that's great. I love love it when stories like that happen, and then they can get some value out of it. And then they do see that return on marketing investments that they're spending in their time. And time is money, right? I mean, how much time was he spending? And I can only imagine right now where people are working from home, I mean, going to door to door, it would not get you anywhere. I mean, I'm not at my office, you know, if people stop by... They're never gonna see me if I'm not, you know, have a time set or whatever now, because I kind of work either at home or at the office or, you know, at a coffee shop sometimes, right? I mean, that just seems like blind luck.
2: <laughs> yeah, it really is, and, and I mean, every and now even even more than ever, pe- walking through a door. I mean, people are putting the dupes up and be like, oh, "What are you doing?"
0: <laughs> the gatekeepers, right? I mean, they're literally hey. shutting the gate, you know. <laughs> So, okay. When you do these trade shows, you talk about the experience. What are some of the things that you've seen your vendors do to engage people and get them to come into the booth? What, what kind of makes a really good trade show booth versus not?
2: Yeah. Uh, a big myth out there is that, man, I have to spend a lot of money to, to make an effective booth. And, um, I, and I, I, well, I have seen some awesome, elaborate boots. I'm not going to lie. Some of them are, are really cool. So, you know, uh, a little so splashy to be okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, it, it really doesn't even, you don't have to spend a lot of money. It's you, it's, it's being engaging with the customer walking through. The people walking through the door are already there to buy or they wouldn't be coming through. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love it when someone takes a table, if they have it in front of them and they move it behind them. And pushes that table back and they're engaging with the people they are walking by and talking to them about what's going on in, in their world is there a problem is there you know because then after hearing that problem there might be a solution right there in front of you but engaging and so that's probably our number one request is people will ask well we don't have a lot of money for a, a fancy booth and it's like eh, it it's what do you what are you selling what what is the product or service if that customer is coming through that is already interested in what you what you have, if you're engaging, mm-hmm. that's, half, that's the half the battle. And they know you're going to be responsive. You know, you have that experience and, and you're, you're a good communicator. You're, you're going to be in really good shape. And believe it or not, that seems like it's really simple, but it's missing out there. Um, well, I've seen people, and honestly, they, they probably shouldn't even be there. Is they'll sit behind a table on their phones and not yeah. look at once. That doesn't do any good for anybody. Uh, and unfortunately, that's the, the world we live in is on, on our phones, but we have to put it down and be engaging with the person.
0: Right. Be present. You know, sure. on that note, too, just some things that I've found in trade show booths to be engaging is video, having a yeah. screen with some video, even if it's just a slideshow of photos showing off your product or service, right? And, and testimonials or quotes There's just something that's going to capture movement to capture people's eyes to then give you the opportunity to get to speak to them, Right.
2: Absolutely. And I, I would I, I would say if someone has, and, and, you know, TVs like a little 32 inch screen TV, they're really easy to set up. You don't need, again, something elaborate. Right. But having that video, having that uh, what we call sizzle roll. Mm -hmm. Uh, working with even like a a, a company like yourself and creating a 30-second sizzle roll that plays on a loop, Mm -hmm. you will be amazed how effective that tool is. And not only can you use it at the trade show, you can use it on your website, you can use it on social media. Ah. That video is something that I don't, I I think is underutilized still today. And now everyone, you could grab, so it's all about catching eyeballs, right? Mm -hmm. And video is a very effective way to grab those eyeballs, um, whether it's on a trade show floor or in the digital world. So I would say absolutely that right there is a very effective tool. uh, Yeah.
0: And I'll even take it a step further. I just did a, a recording about how utilizing faces builds trust. Eyes and faces and having people and imagery in your videos can make the engagement even far more because people like people, right? They resonate with people. And if they show footage of them using their product or or their service, and then the other thing is making it audio agnostic Meaning if you don't have the sound up, you can still see what's going on with the subtitles or, you know, the story that you're telling with the footage, you can still have that. And I think especially in trade shows, because you can't really hear it. And then if it is on loop, you know, the same song over and over again all day, you're going to drive your your booth neighbors crazy, right?
2: <laughs> so true. So true. Yeah. yeah. But, you, but you're right. And, and, and that is a, a very effective way. Matter of fact, when we're talking about that experience, how do you convey that even for us? we started doing that with video. And I think it's in a very effective way, even on the website, because then people could see, that's what I'm gonna experience because they're seeing the people walking around having fun um, or this is what it's gonna look like when I'm walking through. So um, it is a very, very effective tool.
0: And topping that is kids and pets. Now you're gonna give it even more engagement. (laughs)
2: Oh man. And you should, we do, we, we put on the pet expo here. Uh, and I tell you what, if, if you enjoy watching people and pets together, <laughs> yes. I've seen some crazy things come out of that. And that's some of the best highlight rules right there. I mean, people walk yeah. in their woods. I mean, you gotta, you gotta be.
0: <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, and that's, you know, people, people love to see positive things and, you know, pets on, on social media tend to, you know, make your emotions go the right direction. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that's awesome. So, okay. how can our listeners get in touch with you and, you know, if they're interested in a virtual event or to attend a trade show, what's the best way to to do that?
2: Yeah, it's really uh, easy. Just go to IBL and right on the homepage, we have a very easy tile based uh, system, put all the events in order. So what's coming up next all the way through the year for all the trade shows. And then uh, on our toolbar right there, we have conference support or uh, virtual support. So uh, we're here to help. And, um, and again, we just love anyone to come down and if they're looking for a good time, check out some of those trade shows. Uh, we, you know, we, we have, we're getting really good at those bands and beer and having a lot of fun at those events because that's what it's about.
0: <laughs> you got me sold for sure. And then you also, yeah. you also do like conferences, like uh, trainings, right? You have people come in and speak and, and talk about, you know, different expertise. And I know you've had me speak on one of yours too. And so that's another component that you usually will engage in and put in, right? Where you've got workshops and seminars and all that kind of t-
2: thing right yeah the, the conference uh side of things is really an interesting uh a- an area where we do we have a lot of the seminars uh you know and we're um and and even some of them have uh trade show aspects to it but most of them are the some uh, seminar and educational component um and yeah those those are are really informative and and we could help uh people put on those or uh we even put on a few of our own conferences as well
0: that's great. Okay. So it just reminded me, you know, when you're in the setting and you said follow up is such a, such a key component to this. And we know that word of mouth advertising is the best way to get any, you know, new business. So accelerators of word of mouth advertising. So I'm going to give you raise five Rs. You ready? I know you can yeah. see my hand. So, so um, consider this. The last one is going to be a thumbs up. So here we go ratings and rankings, reviews, recommendations, referrals, and then rewards and the rewards is a thumbs up, right? And and so all of those ways don't necessarily have to cost you a dime, but those are the things that are going to continue to help you in the lead generation and the you know the different aspects of being able to make the most out of the marketing time that you're investing at the trade shows. So there you go. Ratings and rankings, referrals, recommendations, and then rewards, right? So <laughs>
2: Yeah, Yeah. and 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 there's one more aspect I think when you when you take your five R's, right? I would add a sixth one, and that would be uh, raise branding, right? And so, and what I mean by that is, there's your brand is also very very important, and you've talked about it. You've actually spoke at several of our events on brand and the power of brand that impacts those five R's, right? Right. That you won't be effective unless you have an effective brand and. I think um, that is is so important uh, these days to help you be consistent with your service is your brand. And I know this is something that an area that you've taught me uh, and it's just, it's so important to be consistent with that brand. Right.
0: Absolutely. I guess we could add some more R's too. I mean, you have to resonate, you have to get results, you have to, you know, (laughs) and reciprocate, right? I mean, making connections is one thing, but then giving connections and making those connections for other people, you, you know ideally we'll get that in uh, reciprocating abundance right
2: absolutely yeah
0: (laughs) yeah well and just like we're doing uh now so you're going to be speaking at our new marketing trends for the new year coming up our annual event and uh, so, yeah, what goes around comes around. I wanted to have you come and talk all about the, the different trends that are going on in your industry. And so we're having this event January 19th, uh, 2022. So if you're listening to this after the fact, you'll have to become a marketing expedition community member so you can watch all the replays and have what Nick has to say. But uh, what's your topic, Nick? Share your topic.
2: Yeah, the topic uh, that I'll be speaking on is the power of face-to-face marketing in the digital world.
0: Yeah, so that'll be curious because it's it's a little bit of both, right? We 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 uh, go from brick and mortar to click and mortar.
2: <laughs> yeah, and, and you know the whole premise is you know again we don't want to forget about face-to-face marketing, but um, you know actually having a game plan within this digital world, we have to play in both, yeah. and I think we could be effective. Um, and it's not just about playing in the digital and it's not just playing in the face-to-face, but if we combine and harness the, the two together, you could have some really impactful results, uh, especially in this day and age.
0: Absolutely. Doubling down on digital and shaking more hands and being in front of people is, is definitely very impactful. <laughs> That's right. Well, okay. So two more questions for you. In your industry, what are your where are your resources that you tap into to keep you, you know, informed? And, you know, do you listen to podcasts? Do you read something? Do you belong to, you know, associations? What, where is it that you get your information to keep you up to date and cutting edge in what you do?
2: I I read a tremendous amount. And that is uh, probably, Uh, you know, a wealth of information. um, And and it's a pretty effective way, because I, you know, whether it's reading books or reading blogs, or or, uh, I I definitely have been getting into the podcast side of more, because it's like mowing that lawn and listen to a podcast is just is just a a really great way to get that information. Uh, But I would say, uh, reading books, and listening, uh, you know, and, and trying to learn from that perspective is probably my most effective tool. But then it comes into networking, mm-hmm. listening to the the leaders within the community through networking, going to events. Uh, you know, going to like your event next week, uh, new marketing trends, the speaker panel that's that's listed is these are the experts that I want to hear from. So I'm, I'm probably more excited to listen to them uh, than actually uh, present. But that's that's what it's about, because everyone I could always walk away with a nugget that uh, or or they'll put it on a different lens. And I'll, and I'll say, man, I never thought about it that way. Um, and so, again, listen to uh, seminars, networking, and, and I would say reading is probably number one.
0: What's, uh, what's your favorite book or maybe a book that you've read recently?
2: Well, I'll, I'll do my favorite book because it's, it's, it's uh, crossing, the um, uh, crossing the Chasm. And Crossing the Chasm, and it is based more on the technology side of why so many companies fail uh but uh there it's just a really powerful book and it makes a lot of sense and i will say that even if you take away the technology component i could put so many businesses in that uh the crossing the chasm because it's just so true especially in small medium sized business we sometimes try to be that uh, big fish in the big pond and it doesn't really go so well um and sometimes it's better to be that big fish in that small pond mm-hmm. first um and again there's just so many nuggets in that book but that's definitely one of my favorite uh, uh books and there's so many more but uh that's one of my favorites.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Nick, for your time today and agreeing to be a speaker on our upcoming event. I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say, too. I I love listening to others. I learn just as much as I get to teach. And I think that that's the most important, fun part of being able to do this every year. And so we certainly appreciate your partnership and your friendship. And, uh, you know, I think that these types of things are what helps all of the businesses out there and, and make this go round, right? The reciprocal effect, you know? (laughs)
2: <laughs> That's so true. And, and I've known you for a long time. And I I, I definitely, uh, I got excited when you invited me on the podcast today. So first of all, I just want to say thanks. I know there's been uh, so many awesome people that have joined this podcast. Uh, so <laughs> I, I appreciate to be a, a part of the marketing expedition.
0: Absolutely. Glad to have you. And for those of you listening, uh, the best thing that you can do is talking about, you know, reviews and rewards and, you know, all of the things is to share this with someone, you know, that may need to hear what we had to say today and uh, give us a review because that's the best thing that you can do for us. And uh, keeping this Marketing Expedition podcast going and flowing every week, we usually launch it out every Thursday morning And, uh, so we have that ready for you and thank you so much. And until next time, everyone enjoy the journey.
1: Thanks for listening to the marketing expedition podcast. Want to continue the journey? Don't miss out on new episodes. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon music, or wherever you get your podcasts.